Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the sixth installment in my Superman movie review series. Today I am reviewing Steel. This is your host, Corbin. And if you're wondering, wait a minute, Steel? That doesn't sound like a Superman movie. Well, it actually is a Superman spinoff movie. I talk about all of that in last week's Your Guide to Steel. I talk about the production, how Shaq came to star in it, how how poorly it did at the box office, what critics thought of it, the whole nine yards. Go back and listen to that. That's the first link in the description below. And while you're down there, go ahead and check out all kinds of great stuff. We've got other superhero movies, other links to those, timestamps if you're ready to jump straight into the review, Um, links to our letterbox profiles, all kinds of great stuff. You're not going to want to miss it, so check that out down below. Steel came out in August of 1997. I was two and a half years old at that point, so I have no recollection of Steel. It's very possible if they put out some kind of McDonald's Happy Toy, which they probably did, I don't know. It's very possible that I played with one at one point. I mean, I was in the world, so I did probably see some merchandising or see it on TV, but I wasn't old enough to track with those kind of memories or even be interested in the Superman property, really. So I don't have any recollection of Steel, but I have heard of it throughout the years. This is my first time watching it. Um, I think most people, honestly, at this day and age, probably know it best from Chris Duckman's Hilariosity Review, which is fantastic. So go ahead and go check that out over on Chris Duckman's YouTube channel. But for Steel, I knew this was part of the Superman property. It had been dormant for many years. They kind of wanted to revitalize it with Shaq kind of cashing on that, you know, NBA, you know, pop culture star status. But nevertheless, we know it didn't really work out. But going back before that, back before the movie came out, if I was old enough to go see the movie or get my parents to take me to the movie, would this trailer interest me? Well, it does have the trailer voice, which I always like the trailer voice. I think I would only be interested in this movie if I was about seven years old. I would be excited. I would be interested, but not excited to go see this. It looks like it was honestly made to just sell happy toys. I can't see it appealing to anyone other than children. The only problem with that, this is PG-13. And the MPAA says that for it's PG-13 for some superhero action violence. The problem is this doesn't look like it would appeal to 13-year-olds at all. This is targeting a much younger audience. So honestly, even if I wanted to go see it at, like I said, that young, you know, second grader age or whatever, that PG-13 would be a hindrance. I would not be allowed to go see that movie at that age if if my parents knew this was PG-13. And honestly, it's really not that violent. There is a decent amount of language in this. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's enough to feel very out of place in a movie aimed for children. So long story short, no, I wouldn't have gone to see this if I was a kid, if I was an adult, even if I was, you know, 13 and old enough to go see it, I would not have gone to go see Steel. Well, listeners, if you don't want the film spoiled for you, it is actually streaming on HBO Max right now for you to go check out. Um, I don't know if you can purchase it anywhere else. I'm sure it's available digitally now. I know for a while it was nigh on impossible to get on home video, physical media, but it is available now for you to go check out. So go watch the film, click pause here in the podcast, and then come back and click play here in the podcast, and we'll be ready to talk about it. 
John Henry Irons is a military weapons expert. His fellow soldiers are Sparky, played by Annabeth Gish, and Nathaniel Burke, played by John Nelson from The Breakfast Club. Burke uses his weapon to cause an accident, which cripples Sparky. They all leave the service to head to L.A. Burke teams with his old pal Big Willie, which is not an appropriate name for a kid's movie, to use his video game arcade company to funnel new high-tech sonic weapons. The Purple Gang is terrorizing the city thanks to the usage of the sonic weapons, so Irons decides, with the help of Sparky, who is a tech genius, to become Steel and stop the bad guys. Yeah, that's the plot. Well, I only have two positives for this movie. Only two. Judd Nelson may be the only one who knows he's in a bad movie, and he's embracing it. Really, Judd Nelson, I think, is somewhat of the saving grace with this movie, where I think he really is doing his best to play this kind of scummy, skeezy bad guy. So his performance is pretty fun to watch. Everyone else's performance, Annabeth Gish is really genuinely trying her best. I think Shaq is trying his best also. It's just bad. All around, everyone's performance is incredibly goofy. There is a montage sequence in this movie that I found to be hilariously bad. They also zoom in a lot on his Man of Steel tattoos with the Superman there and People ask him about it during this montage. Um, I found it to be pretty, pretty darn funny. Maybe you can find it on YouTube. Now, once Irons becomes the Man of Steel, his reveal is incredibly underwhelming. It's very goofy. Kind of, you know, peers out of these traffic cones and walks through them. And I mean, Shaq is over seven feet tall, so he just dwarfs everybody around him. And he doesn't even use his big sledgehammer. He uses it as a gun. So there's a lot of guns in this movie, which seems a little strange to me. I also am realizing this movie is far more akin to Batman than it is to Superman. Uh, he has kind of this motorcycle he rides around on. He has a secret lair. Even people call him out. Oh, this is like the Batcave. And his younger brother says, I can be your Robin. So this movie is much more. And, you know, Batman, There, there's a Batman Forever arcade game prominently featured in this movie. So I think this is more so trying to tap into the success of Batman than really trying to get anybody to remember those, you know, abominable Christopher Reeve movies. The worst part of this movie is, is Shaq, probably. Shaq is really, really bad with his performance. Well, I take that back. The worst part is the story. The story is essentially cartoon garbage. Nobody even really tried here to do anything. This is truly a cash grab, I would say. There is positive elements, you know, positive role models, positive messages, but it's it's still pretty bad. And Shaq is just hokey as can be. So many hokey elements to this movie as well. The score is pretty awful. It's this kind of cartoonish 70s funk blend of music. Uh, my wife called out even how the music in the chase sequence deflates any possible tension. There's a scene where Shaq, before he becomes Steel, is chasing one of the bad guys across train tracks. It's a really long scene and the music doesn't create any sort of excitement whatsoever so a lot of amateur stuff going on here in this movie and i will say in the first few minutes my wife even called out without even knowing anything about this movie that she knew this movie was going to be bad it's pretty obvious setting it right up this movie is going to be bad and the acting is crazy melodramatic uh we do see sparky a building falls on her and shack is like samson and he lifts up the wall and the creators are trying to make us care about sparky without ever even getting to know the character it's really hard to feel that much empathy for someone when you literally just met them two minutes ago. I mean, yeah, it's sad, but it's weird how they set all these characters up. There's also a number of awkward innuendo humor in this. It is PG-13. Um, I'm surprised the MPA didn't list that as a reason why, because there's a number of S words in this, a number of other language, and some kind of strange sexual humor that just is off color, is not really appropriate for this movie. 
Steele's first battle is definitely laugh out loud funny. He also is constantly letting the bad guys go when the cops come. Like, purposely, the cops are coming and he's telling the villains to go after he's been fighting them and trying to stop them. So I'm not quite clear what his motives are here, um, except to let crime continue so he can be the one to just constantly duel it out with them every night. And of course, he's running from the cops as well. There is also a pretty silly usage of the internet, where that's the only way they're going to be able to sell these guns is on the internet. It really dates the movie. I'm sure at the time it would have been semi-interesting. I don't know. But I've mentioned it earlier. The writing in this is truly atrocious. Any lines coming out of Jack's mouth or Sparky or Uncle Joe are just pure cringe. Um, really, really just bizarre stuff that somebody put pen to paper and they thought, this is good. This is good writing. Of course, Jack also has his own personal life, or I should say Irons has his own personal life with his grandma and his little brother. His grandma always has to whisper. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where a whole entire scene is whispered, but they have to do it because if they speak too loud, her souffle will cave in on itself, I suppose. Um, it's truly hilarious. Now, the one thing in this movie that I think is very surprising is the motorcycle sequences. Those are probably the only thing that provide any sort of ex remote possible excitement, like getting close to that. Honestly, what I think happened is Christopher Nolan saw these motorcycle chases and he says, I can top that because I thought they were somewhat reminiscent of stuff in the dark night when Steele is fleeing the cops and they're bringing out the helicopter and we see sequences like that in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Of course, they're a thousand times more exciting, but this seems to be kind of, you know, where the seed was planted. Also, in many ways, this character in general is just reminiscent of Iron Man. A lot of this, um, you can basically look at the plot of this and the plot of Iron Man, ambiguously tell the plot and come to the same conclusion that the plots are very similar. John Favreau, you know, maybe had some knowledge of this movie or or just in general, because this is seemingly kind of like Iron Man, but done, Iron Man is done so much better. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Steel is something to behold. I can't believe someone wrote this film, they shot it and thought, this is good. In fact, so good, we're going to make millions. I appreciate, you know, these producers are trying to make a film with exciting, positive black role models, but it's PG-13. Don't forget that. The movie is aiming for small children, but they put enough cussing and supposedly violence into this movie. I guess to attract a wider audience, it's a strange choice. So many weird choices and you must see them to believe them. It goes down like a Capri Sun. It's easy to drink, but it's not really satisfying. In reality, Steel is a one-star movie, but I'm giving it 10 stars out of 10 because Steel really is so bad. It's good. Would I pick up this one and add it to my collection or would I pass on it? Well, actually I would pick it up just because like I said, it's so bad, it's good. It's just one that I would want to have in my collection Sometime I have friends over, we want to watch something really goofy. We could pull this one out. Now, I do have some other movie recommendations for you to check out after Steel. I'm going to be recommending Small Soldiers. That's another 90s movie that hopefully hasn't been forgotten. I, it did just come out on Blu-ray not that long ago. It is available on digital also. Small Soldiers, I recently watched for my birthday. It actually came out the year after 1998. I'm going to be recommending Mortal Kombat as well. No, no, not the new one, but the 1995 original film. That movie is kind of like this. It's kind of like pretty bad, but still enjoyable. And of course, I'm going to be recommending The Dark Knight and I'll throw an Iron Man as well. Those two movies seem to be what this movie wished it probably was, but never could even get close. Well, it should come as no surprise. They weren't going to make any sequels to this. They weren't even going to touch this property. Um, it, it was just pretty much dead on arrival, as we saw with the box office numbers. They buried it. I don't even believe they put it out on home video. Maybe a very, very short VHS run, hoping to recoup some of their losses. 
the only time it was put out on DVD was DVD on demand. You had to literally contact Warner Brothers and get them to burn you a disc of the film. Now, the same year this came out, Superman Lives entered pre-production, a new theatrical Superman movie from the creative mind of Tim Burton and Kevin Smith, starring Nicolas Cage. Yes, Nicolas Cage as Superman, the Man of Steel. Now, that is an infamous story for next week, but it obviously never got off the ground. With Superman Lives and Steel once again tainting the property, audiences would have to wait another decade for any Superman material to hit the big screen. Well, listeners, the question after the show, is Steel so bad it's good? You know my answer. Now I want to know yours. Email me at silverscreenguide95 at gmail.com. Also, link to that below is the email and the question so you can look at it again. But I'm curious. I think I know a lot of your answers. I think a lot of you will be on the same page as me, but I want to get the conversation going. So make sure to send me an email and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Well, listeners, thank you for coming along with me on this uh, excursion into um, the uh, cheesy side of Superman territory. I guess, honestly, we've, we've been there pretty much this whole time. It's just only seemingly gone downhill or uphill, depending on your point of view from here. But I am very curious next week to return to Superman Returns, because that is probably the Superman movie I've seen the most. And I know at the time it was very popular, even earning an Oscar nomination, I believe. So curious to see what makes that movie so special because at this point the superman property was kind of cursed outside of that um tv show that that warner bros superman the animated series tv show was actually pretty popular of course it had some live action popularity as well and in between this time smallville would come out and be a huge success so i'm gonna watch the first episode of smallville i'm very curious i've heard that show is great that one ran for many many years um, we'll talk more about that next week. There was also some other Superman movies we'll talk about next week as well. There was a J.J. Abrams movie that never worked out, but there was a lot of attempts to get Superman to work. Superman Returns really was the one to make it happen. So we'll be curious. There's, there's going to be a lot to talk about next week. So you're not going to want to miss that. Make sure to click subscribe. Make sure to leave a five-star rating. That's a great free way to help us out. Make sure to share with your friends and family. We love talking about movies and we love talking about them with you. So listeners, I will see you next week with Superman Returns. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. 
The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.